Good evening, all you ghosts and ghouls. Happy Halloween from your favorite virtual book club podcast, Bringing Reading Back. You're listening to the pre-pod episode of our very first Halloween special. Join us tomorrow for the full-length episode, and until then... Welcome to Bringing Reading Back. I'm Tori, joined by my two co-hosts. Hey, I'm Danielle. And this is Jade. And this is our first pre-pod after a little break over the summer. This is our spooky episode, our Halloween episode. And so today we're going to be getting into the summary of Coraline by Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman is a New York Times best-selling author. I believe this was his first book marketed to children. I think he wrote it for one of his daughters, Um, but we're going to go ahead and jump into the summary. This book follows Coraline, not Caroline, Coraline, as she has, she, she has just moved to a new town, a whole new state and she lives in a very old house that has been broken into different apartments. Um, So other people live in the home, it's just been divided into apartments. So she lives in one of those apartments. She happens to live on the ground floor apartment. There's a second apartment occupied by a crazy flamboyant man who trains circus mice or little performance mice. And then there are two women who are also pretty flamboyant who live in the basement level and they are retired show women, so Broadway show women. They also seem to uh, seem to be interested in the occult and they stuff their (laughs) beloved Scotty dogs after they pass away. Um, So, yeah, that's their neighbors, or her neighbors. And Coraline is getting established in this new town. She's getting acquainted with the apartment and the grounds. She's kind of an explorer, a self-proclaimed explorer anyways. Um, She has her parents that work a lot, and so they don't get to spend a lot of time with her. She feels like they don't play with her anymore, and so... They're very busy, and she's kind of left to her own devices to explore and, you know, get acquainted with her new home. She does end up discovering a door in the sitting room of the apartment. There's a little door that has been wallpapered over. She is very interested in trying to see what is behind the door. Her She does convince her mother to, I guess, find the key and unlock it. Um, but unfortunately, they learn that it has been bricked up. So, while she, yes, has the the brick door that she is, the bricked over door that she is upset about, she also finds a well in the back of her property that um, her downstairs show women neighbors tell her, like, hey, leave alone, 
don't go by that, watch out for the well, blah, blah, blah. And then she also bef- befriends is a strong word. She notices a black cat that is also on the property, but she can't actually get close enough to do anything with it. Um, but then she, one night, is sleeping and wakes up and is like, I'm going to go try this door again. And we have a situation where she is able to get it open. All of a sudden, it is no, it is accessible. Um, she goes through it. And on the other side of this door, she finds what she comes to call the other mother and other father. They are interesting to look at. Um, they have big black button eyes. They are incredibly tall. Um, a little bit grotesque. Um, from from the descriptions, but they, you know, they welcome Coraline with open arms and are like, you've come home, welcome back, we've missed you, we love you, we're going to give you so much attention, now you've got to stay. And the entire house um, is a mimic of her apartment, and at the same time, it's slightly different. It has, like, a different feel to it, a different look, and she leaves only to come back another time and you can tell that her other parents really want her there and they really want her to stay at first she is a little off put by the situation but as she realizes what it's like in the other world as she sees the love and attention that the other parents are giving her she starts to enjoy herself she feels that her parents in the real world aren't they're not giving her this love and attention and so there really is a pull to stay and enjoy the other world so she does find them to be um incredibly fun and incredibly enjoyable to be around but eventually she decides that she's going to go back to her own house and her own world so she goes back to the door and it's still nighttime um she goes back to bed but whenever she wakes up she realizes that her parents are no longer there So she spends a full day just wandering about. She goes to the store and she buys some food and her parents are nowhere to be found. She can't interact with them at all. She can't see them. And so she decides that since her real parents are gone, she has no choice but to go back through the door and spend time with her other family. Um, And it's important to note that when she's in her home world, the real world, she can't actually talk to the cat. But as soon as she crosses to this door, the cat starts speaking to her and, and kind of gives her a bit of advice to guide her on this journey as she goes along, um, which I'm a huge fan of because yay cats. Um, y'all knew that was coming. So anyway, Coraline has, finally realizes that the situation that she's in may not be the best one because as she's sitting at the table with the other mother, she sees a box and it's got a needle and thread and two big black buttons. And she realizes that, and with the with words from the other mother, she realizes that these buttons are going to be sewn on her eyes so that she'll stay in this world forever, which is creepy. Yes. <laughs> Super creepy. So the situ- situation starts to deteriorate, basically. Rapidly. The cat warns Coraline that this is not the paradise that she might think it is. Yes. Because during her first visit to this world, she goes to the little theater where the neighbor ladies live, 
and she watches a show and it's really cool and really fun and there are little dogs yapping and talking to her and they're so excited and everything is just going so well and the second time it's like dreary and everything is dead and dying and the other mother tries to convince Coraline like it's okay it won't hurt just go ahead and let me sew these onto your eyes and then everything will be great and you'll be my little girl forever and Coraline says no she says that she wants her parents and she doesn't want anything to do with this so the other mother tosses her into a closet and while she's in this closet she starts to hear voices And she realizes that she is in the closet with the souls of three other children who were caught by the other mother. Um, They've been there for centuries. And their souls are hidden, basically, throughout this world that the other mother has created. They can't access them anymore. They're just trapped forever in this state of the other mother's closet, basically. They have no freedom. Coraline sets out on this quest to do, like Tori said, um, save her parents and rescue the souls of these other three children. And in doing so, she plans to just completely defeat the other mother and do away with her horror forever. She decides she's very good at games, and she decides that she's going to play a game with the other mother. It's going to be a finding game. And she is going to find the souls of the other children. And her parents. And her parents, yes. Very important. And so she has a rock in her pocket that she had gotten early on, and I think she had been it had been given to her by the old man who lives upstairs. I think it was the two ladies downstairs. Oh, it might yeah. be okay. It might have been the two ladies. I couldn't remember which one. Yeah, like I had mentioned, they were very occulty. Yes, um, but she has this really cool rock with a hole in it, and she raises it up, and she looks through it, and she can see a trail leading to a bedroom, and she goes in there, and she starts to see something that stands out amongst the gray. So everything is gray except for this one spark that she sees. And she finds it, and she picks up that object, and she realizes it's a marble. And that marble is the first soul of the child that she finds. And she continues to do this three more times. She's going to dig through incredibly gross things. She is chased by the clay, lifeless version of the other father. Um, that's a super creepy scene. Down in this little um, cellar like, that he From tries the story, to it sounds like he's just, like, bloated and, like, gross. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's like this gooey blob, basically, that's trying to kill her and catch her so that the other mother can keep her forever. She also has to cut through this thing that's been kind of glued to the wall. Not to give too much away, but if you ever have seen a spider wrap a fly up and stick it to the wall or stick it to the web, that's kind of what the the second marble, the second soul is wrapped up in, is in that really gross thing. I pictured, like... I pictured like a sack of like a like a caterpillar sack, like when they become. Yes, I yeah. thought of like a little spider sack with baby spiders yep. in it. If you accidentally mm. poke it, a million tiny baby spiders run. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna vomit but on yeah, the podcast. She does find that second soul. So she gets the second marble, and finally she decides that she's going to hunt down the third. And she knows that the third is going to be. The one with the old man upstairs. So, and yes, his creepy, well, his creepy rats in this version. Because in her home yeah. world, they're, they're cute mice that do tricks. But in this version, the creepy old man is surrounded by a bunch of rats. And these rats sing. And we'll talk more about that in the actual podcast episode. Because I have a story to go along with it, but you'll just have to tune in to see. So she finally is able, one of the rats runs out um, after a whole lot of her chasing rats around. Try, the rat runs out the door 
and the cat traps it and kills it. And there's this huge moment, and it's really funny where the cat's like, hmm, I thought you didn't like cats that killed mice. And it's just, the cat's very snarky, and I very much enjoy it because it's such a cat thing to do. So she gets the third marble, but then she has to go back and save her parents. And she keeps trying to find things that that resonate with her, things that stand out, that don't fit into the other mother's world. And the thing that she realizes that stands out is the snow globe on the mantle. So she's trying and, to... Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, and this whole time... The other mother's world is like slowly. It's flattening. Deteriorating. Yes. Yeah, flattening. That's what I was looking for. They're like, it's went from 3D to like, it's like the scene in a Inside Out where they go through like the no exit zone mm-hmm. and you go from like 3D to 2D to like flat to now abstract. Like that scene, but like with what the other mother has created. So what I thought of is the take on me music video (laughs) from the 80s it's back and forth between a sketch world and the real world so that's what i thought of it's flattening the their the dimensions are deteriorating yeah exactly and if you want to go modern you can do like i haven't actually seen the movie but it's the spider-man into the spider-verse where it's different editing forms so some are very like real and have a lot of shadow to them the others are just like Pencil and paper, basically. 2D, yeah. So anyway, all this is happening. The world is collapsing around her. And she finally goes and she's able to grab a hold of the snow globe. And she immediately takes off and sprints through the door. She throws the cat at the other mother. Because that's her last ditch effort, um, is hurling a cat at the other mother's face. But she's able to get out the door um, with all of the items that she's collected. So the souls of the other children and her parents, who become real people. But as she's closing the door, something gets slammed into it. She's not really sure not really sure what it is, but she hears something scampering along the hall as they run back to the real world. It's freaky. Yeah. So she is back in her real world, but she keeps like hearing the scampering. She keeps, you know, seeing the little shadow and um, her downstairs downstairs neighbor's um, dog gets attacked. It has like a gouge in its side, and um, the mice are scared upstairs because something's there. She gets like whispers, like the souls whisper to her that like you know she won't stop. You know she won't stop. So finally, she finds out what it is, and it's the other mother's hand <laughs> that has been uh, de decapitated. What is the what is the word I'm looking for? It's not decapitated. Amputated. Amputated. It gets sure. smashed in a door. The door. <laughs> yeah, it's cut off. Anyways, and so it is searching for Coraline and the souls, um, but mostly the souls. And so she sets up a trap to catch this hand, um, and does this via the well that everyone had warned her warned her about and told her to stay away from. And I'll let Tori wrap this up. Coraline sets up this elaborate plan to make it look as if she's simply playing, having a picnic with her dolls, and she lays a blanket out over the opening of the well, uh, and she puts the key down on the blanket, knowing that that will lure the hand in. Once she knows she has the hand's attention, the hand pounces and tries to grab the key, but lands on the blanket 
and goes straight down the well. And so Coraline quickly moves and moves the plank, moves the planks back over the well, shutting the hand in there. Um, of course, the cat comes back to let Coraline know how successful she's been. And the two of them, you know, are celebrating the fact that she has defeated the other mother. She does start back home and things are definitely getting better. Even the man upstairs um, says her name correctly. And so that's kind of a turning point when she realizes like, okay, things are going to be okay in this new home. And of course, she's getting back to a normal life, preparing for school the next day. I think she even gives, gives the stone back to her neighbors saying like it fulfilled what you what its purpose what purpose was but she's not scared anymore she knows that she's going to be fine if she could handle what she just did she could get through her nervousness about school and i think that's pretty much it that wraps up our pre-pod of Coraline. and make sure you check us out for the full episode where we'll be diving deeper into the characters and talking about the plot things that we enjoyed and we're also going to have that awesome audio clip that I've promised you all. Um, be prepared for it to be stuck in your head because it's weirdly catchy. Jade and Tori don't even know what I'm going to play. So I'm very excited to do this mm-hmm. for them. <laughs> It'll be a surprise for us all. We'll all experience it together. But yeah, join us next time. BRB for now. BRB. BRB.